At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Barles. In for Gil Alexander this week. Happy to be with you. Stephen Bond in my chair today. John Jansen of Fox Sports, the gambler in Philadelphia, is going to be with us in about 10 minutes' time, or 15 minutes' time, I should say. We'll get the sense of what the Eagles are actually going to do in week 18 against the Dallas Cowboys and and more with John Jansen coming up in 15 minutes. But uh, Mr. Bond, let's, let's, let's bring you in here a little bit. We're going to look at the back end of the AFC first, because as I asked Will Hill and, and asked Michael Lombardi yesterday as well, do which of these current wildcard teams, and I guess you can technically throw Cincinnati in there because they're not getting as respected in the betting markets as the other three divisional leaders right now, where Buffalo and Kansas City, and now because they are in the one slot, Tennessee is finally being properly respected. Which of these longer shots has a has the best chance of pushing through a postseason run? And if you look at the AFC playoff picture, it's a little bit it's a little bit different now because we could say going into yesterday, if chalk prevails, the current scenario on your screen holds. Now we can't say if chalk prevails because Cincinnati's now a six-point underdog against Cleveland because Joe Mixon, Trey Hendrickson, and a handful of others are out with COVID. Joe Burrow's not going to play to rest up for the postseason, especially after taking that awkward hit at the end of the Kansas City win. Let him rest the knee up and be ready to go. So if chalk prevails now, that graphic you see on your screen, Cincinnati and Buffalo would flip. Buffalo would be the three, and Cincinnati would be the four, which would really change the way I look at this completely. Because if Buffalo drew New England again, I would like Buffalo's chances to beat New England. It took hilarious weather weather conditions on a Monday night for New England to beat Buffalo throwing three forward American football passes. And then the second time they played in regular weather, Buffalo looked great. That was the best game Josh Allen basically has played all year against a good team. And Buffalo's defense made Mac Jones look like a rookie for the most part in that game. And, Stephen, you're a, you're a Bills fan. You were talking Guilty. about it earlier. That Guilty. You don't want to see New England in the first playoff game. I don't, but i got to be honest with you. I don't want to see Indianapolis so I was that, just That's the, the problem. I was <laughs> just about to say that, where we already saw Indy, Indy smashed Buffalo the first go-around. 
That the Bills didn't show up. That That's w- what I would say. And Indy played a phenomenal game. That was the Taylor five touchdown game. A score got me as well at forty-one to fifteen. I I will say this. Uh, I, I just looking at the wild cards plus Cincy. Because that's the way I'll, I'll look at this here of the longer shots in the AFC. I'm going to give Cincinnati the the edge just because they have home field of one playoff game. But the way these teams are built, Indianapolis is the one to be trusted the most because of the style they play. Run heavy, defense that, yeah, a little bit turnover-based, but a defense that I trust more than Cincinnati's. The problem is, as we've mentioned, Throughout this show and throughout the year, the quarterback is still a very unreliable Carson Wentz. And you're asking Carson Wentz to win three road playoff games, potentially, to make a Super Bowl? Now, look, there are other issues with the other two teams in a wild card weekend. New England, look, Mac Jones has been phenomenal. He's been the best rookie quarterback by far this year. He's going to probably come up short in the rookie of the year, uh, offensive rookie of the year, uh, race just because of the huge game that Chase had in the big spotlight last week, fair or not. But I don't trust New England to go on the road and win three straight playoff games this year. I don't think they're at that level yet. Talk to me next year or two years down the line, they probably are. But right right now, I don't think New England's at that level. And then that leaves the Chargers, who are capable of beating anyone in this field. They are also capable of losing to anyone by three touchdowns. And the thing that concerns me is if the Chargers win, their most likely matchup is Kansas City. And, Stephen, we talked about it earlier in the show where teams coming off playing the Denver Broncos have been phenomenal offensively the following week. And Kansas City, look, you could argue that the Chargers should have swept the Chiefs, and you could argue the Chiefs should have swept the Chargers because it was a a four-turnover game by Kansas City at Arrowhead in Week 3 that helped the Chargers win that game on the road. And, of course, we we know the Thursday night game, the fourth down variance, and the Chargers' defense being awful at late in that game of Kansas City's offense coming alive caused that one. So, look, again, the Chargers, I would love for my AFC ticket on the Chargers to come home. A Charger-Green Bay Super Bowl would be a very fun matchup for me because I'll I'm, I'm be winning regardless whoever wins that game. But... Steven, the Chargers in the end, I just don't trust them. To, this is what it comes down to with these teams. Sure. I don't like any of these teams other than maybe Indianapolis to win three road playoff games because of the way they play. But the Wentz holdup is just a big problem here. Uh, betting odds right now, plus 190 on KC, plus 340 for Buffalo, 5-1 to one on Tennessee, 8-1 to one New England. Cincy and Indy both 9-1. to one. Chargers at 18-1. The Raiders, we haven't mentioned, who... I think if they beat the Chargers on Sunday night, we'll lose to whoever they play in their first playoff game. More than likely at this point, it's either it's either the sixth seed or nothing for the Char- for the for the Raiders at this point. If chalk prevails, other than the Raiders, it would be a trip to West New York to take on the Bills. I think that's a disastrous matchup for the Raiders. I'd so, be all right with that. Yeah, I, I, I'd I, love to see the Raiders. I would be too, Steve. I, 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 I will say this. I think your point about Indianapolis, they yeah. are built to go on the road. So you're sure. 100% correct. They can go and win playoff games. Yes. Here's what I'll say about the Chargers, and, and I'm, I'd love your thoughts on this. Sure. The coaching staff, Staley, right? Yeah. I think you you know what you've got with Justin Herbert. You know that's a, a, a really solid defensive line. Eckler's coming into his own. I think the wild card is Staley, and that intrigues me because I don't know what he's going to do 
And in the playoffs, you just don't know what he's going to call. So it's very, again, it goes down to what we talked about. Remember the discussion after the Raider Monday night game? Because that was a game where the Chargers converted on fourth down every time. They were perfect on fourth down. They win the game by two touchdowns. They win that game in with the help of the fourth down conversions. And immediately right after that, there was always the thought of, all right, what happens in a game when the fourth down variance is against them? And they flipped around and were horrible on fourth down against the Ravens. It got absolutely run out of the stadium in Baltimore. And we saw the bad fourth down variance against Kansas City. I'm agree- I agree with you in the sense that the variance, the range of what the Chargers can do is based off of Brandon Staley's decisions. Because there is an absolute scenario early in the game. This could absolutely play out. In Arrowhead and a cold, blustery 325 local kick at Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday afternoon where the Chargers, let's say the Chargers are in a tie game in the first quarter and fourth and one at their own 37-yard line. They're probably going for it. And if they convert, all right, drive continues. If they don't, you're going to be having everyone screaming again like they did after the Thursday night game. I think either way they're screaming. No, I, I think either way. Yeah, because that's it, a, I mean, a, it's a wild thing it, to play out. It is the, the variance level is so big with the Chargers. And again, I don't trust them to win three road games either. But they are capable of winning three road games because Justin Herbert is that good. Now, I haven't really mentioned Cincinnati in this coupling because they have a home game mixed in. The big problem that I have with Cincinnati is I don't fully trust their defense. Burrow at this point, if we're building a team at this point, Patrick Mahomes is probably the only guy I'm definitely taking over. Burrow, long term, and him and Herbert are a coin flip at this point. It's that tough. That's how good Burrow has become now that he's fully back from that knee injury. And look, they, they, that offense is good enough to make the Super Bowl. And heck, they're good enough to win it right now. The problem is their defense, Steven, and I know Zach Taylor is the front runner for coaching here. I still don't trust him. I think LaFleur is. If I had to put some some money down, okay. on it, I, I would go LaFleur. But I, I do agree. He's in the conversation, and, and I completely agree with your Joe Burrow analysis. Overnight, this it's we just see him mature, and the game starts to slow down for him. I, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. They, yep. they take Jamar Chase. They pass on Panay Sewell. At the time, people were saying this is a crazy move. In hindsight now, I think it looks like a genius move. Well, I I, I don't think that's a hot take at all. I think you're 100% right. right. That, that that move has vaulted Cincinnati's offense to a different level. And, look, I, I, I know we have a lot of screaming and shouting on social media about guys opting out of bowl games. You could argue the three best rookies in the NFL this year, Chase, Slater for the Chargers, and Parsons, they didn't play college football last year. So if you really want some screaming, you could see guys maybe opting out for the NFL draft for a whole season. Then you could really have some, uh, have some fun there as well. But uh, quickly, I do want to I do want to bring this up real quick. NFC-wise, there's a reason I haven't brought up the NFC. Because if chalk prevails and the Saints and the Eagles are the two wild cards, both of those teams are going out in the first round. N- neither of those teams are threats. The 49ers... If they get in, the problem they have is I don't trust the quarterback regardless of who it is. Sure, they could win a playoff game and then scare the bejesus out of the Packers. But I don't think they're capable of winning multiple road playoff games. And then the Cardinals, look, I, I, could they go go to Dallas again and beat them for the second time in three games? Yes, they could do that in the playoffs. But I don't see them. I don't think they're good enough, and I don't think that coaching staff is good enough in order to win three road playoff games. 
they really need they really need the Niners to beat the Rams and have a, and have a few home playoff games to give themselves a chance. And then if the Rams if the Rams end up in the wild card weekend as a wild card and not a division champion, they're not winning three road playoff games with the way Stafford has played. Stafford's totally I, I don't know what happened to him these last two games. He looked terrible. Sure, they they, they should have lost both of those games. They should have. They've reverted back to that golf offense. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah, it's not what you want. No. Not at this point. Not at this point. Hey, uh, we're going to go to Philadelphia next. John Jansen of Fox Sports, the gambler, going to join us next. We're going to get his thoughts on what the Eagles are actually going to do here in this Week 18 game and how the NFC breaks down to John. That's next on a numbers game here on the Sydney Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every single game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. It is available for money line total and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way VEASAN is here to make you a smarter better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com right now. It is a numbers game here on VEASAN. I'm Jeff Parles. John Jansen of Fox Sports The Gambler. He hosts the line change starting every weekday night at 8 o'clock Eastern time with us right now. And, John, as we bring you in, I I just want to bring this up. It looks like the Dallas Cowboys may have a big COVID issue underway. Tyron Smith tested positive earlier today. And according to Mike Garofolo of NFL Network, lots of Cowboys players under the weather today. Tests being conducted as we speak. We'll see how many COVID positives there are in Dallas. This coupled with Philadelphia putting a good chunk of their offensive line and a few players on their starting defense on the COVID list uh, earlier this week. They might be able to get some of those guys back within the five-day window, though. If Dallas has an outbreak on a Thursday, they're not going to have guys ready to go. So this game that we've seen move from Dallas 3 to Dallas 7 really becomes difficult to handicap even further now, John. 
Yeah, and what are the Eagles going to do? You know, there's there's this entire debate happening of whether or not the Eagles should end up playing their starters. Now, of course, they're going to have to play some of their guys, and obviously even their backup quarterback, Gardner Minshew, we've seen it's a serviceable quarterback in this league. So, you know, there there still is going to be some type of competitiveness, but we just don't know that. I, I We don't know which Eagles are going to be off the COVID list. We don't know which ones are going to be starting that usually start. We don't know with Dallas which ones are going to be available for Sun, or for Saturday, excuse me. So it's it's going to be really difficult, I think, to handicap this game. And uh, I would not bet it at the Cowboys 7, obviously. Uh, and this this line would have to be a lot closer back to kind of what it was before all the COVID issues with the Eagles happened earlier in the week. But I think for now, this game is just a huge stay away until we get any clarity of who's going to play in this one. John, just looking at the NFC as a whole, of course, the Eagles are now in the postseason with their win last week. Doesn't matter what they do on the Saturday night game. Just what what do you what do you see for them in a postseason? Are, are they capable of going on the road and beating Tampa, or is it this just all right? Great accomplishment, making the playoffs in a year you weren't supposed to do much, and then fall out and build forward from there. Well, it is a great accomplishment. I mean, you and I both weren't a big fan of the Eagles coming into this season, and they ended up performing really well. Nick Sirianni looked great in his first year. Uh, Jalen Hurts starting in his first year, second year in the NFL, but first year starting looked really good. But the problem is, though, there there is sort of that concern of what happens when they go up against a legitimate team, a team with a winning record, so to speak. But I, I think that is fair to question, and it's fair to question whether or not the Eagles will hold up, especially with the way that they play. They're very much concerned control the ball, try and run. They had that stretch of seven, eight games where they ran for, uh, I think, 175 yards or more in seven, eight straight games. So this team can run the ball, and that can be a little bit dangerous. But the secondary has been giving up a lot of yards. Jonathan Gannon's defense likes to play a little bit conservative, a bend-don't-break approach. If you play that approach against Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady, I don't think it's going to work out well. So I would say no for now that I don't think the Eagles can really make any kind of run or win any game in the playoffs just because I don't think they've proven that that yet John just looking at the NFC playoff picture as a whole even though Green Bay is the, the the obvious favorite the number one seed for the second consecutive year there's something that is that I can't quite figure out why I'm not fully trusting them John but as you look at this picture here there just doesn't seem to be anyone that really scares you uh in knocking off Green Bay uh, to tell me I'm wrong and and if if uh if there is a team that you're looking at as the main competition to Green Bay, who is it? I feel like we do this every single January for the past <laughs> three years. Of, is the Packers, are they're the Packers wrong. any good? Like, they're, they're good, and they're the number one seed, and they have Aaron Rodgers, but are they legitimately any good? And I don't. I, I would say yes. I mean, they've been in the NFC Championship game in the last two or three years. They're probably going to get there this season. And I would say the field is as vulnerable this year as it has been in the past years. You know, I, I don't think the Arizona Cardinals are coming into the playoffs playing well. Dallas has to issues on offense and Dak's not playing well and I think the Rams Matthew Stafford in a playoff game look he already has a tough time against teams like the Ravens that are just even remotely good he's been having this pick six turnover problem if he has that in the playoffs you can just say goodbye to the Los Angeles Rams so 
I mean, by default, they're the better team. I, I would say they're they're one of the best teams in the NFL. They're probably top two or three team in the NFL. But there's always just that concern, I think, on the defensive end. And it's really just Devontae Adams and their wide receiver group. And that's it. What happens if Devontae Adams doesn't have his otherworldly performance? Is Green Bay going to be able to kind of ride Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez-Scantling into uh, the deeper into the playoffs and the NFC Championship game? As of right now, though, it's by default. Yeah, I think Green Bay is the best team in the NFC and I think there's a pretty pretty decent gap between them and I think the Buccaneers at this point even. John Jansen of Fox Sports the Gambler with us right now. He hosts the line change on Fox Sports the Gambler in Philadelphia from 8 to 11 Eastern Time Monday through Friday. John moving to the AFC. We were talking about it last segment. I, all seven teams seem to have a legitimate case to actually come out of the AFC playoffs. That's assuming the Chargers beat the Raiders on Sunday night but as you look at this, John, how do you see this playing out? Because this is as wide open of a playoff field that I can remember in any conference over the last 10 years. Yeah, it is wide open. But I think I do want to start with I'm throwing Cincinnati out. I know they've okay. played well in the last couple of games, but they've had some freak performances from Joe Burrow and the two wide receivers he has there. I know Joe Burrow's getting a lot of like MVP talk and that he's been great. He's throwing to two amazing wide receivers in T Higgins and Jamar Chase, that draft pick for Chase. Uh, he is the offensive rookie of the year by far, and I think he's been phenomenal and a great draft pick by them. But I'm sticking more in the group of the Bills, Titans, and the Patriots, and I think you're getting, honestly, uh, some decent value on the New England Patriots. I think they should be closer to a Buffalo Bills than a Cincinnati. Bengals and I liked Buffalo when they were going through sort of their problems and it looked like they may not win the AFC East but now obviously that value's gone they're right where they should be but I think the Patriots just uh, they've they've been kind of non-existent not really doing much the last few games you know some losses in there they had a big win against Jacksonville but it's Jacksonville who cares uh, but I think the Patriots you know their vulnerability is a rookie quarterback but they don't need to use him. they have a really good running game with Harrison Stevenson back there and also their defense is one of the best if not the best in the NFL and I think that's going to go a long way I actually I think the New England Patriots uh, from what I've seen on the futures board end up being I think the best value that's fascinating because that uh, of the seven playoff teams that's the one team a few weeks ago I would have been in the same camp as you I think they're number seven of the seven playoff teams are most likely to get through I just the way they have played against good teams for the most part other than the Buffalo game they haven't really taken out an elite team other than the Chargers who we know the variance with them I, I just the, to me the New England is the one with the lowest ce ceilings that's uh, that's interesting that you're going that route but they still have Bill Belichick that is one advantage you know they're going to have over everyone in this field other than maybe Kansas City. Yeah, and they have a great defense too, you know. So I want to I want to at least say that they they can control the clock, which they have been doing in games. They can play great defense, and I think I want to give them a chance in those circumstances. And look, Mac Jones, I think is overrated. Like I, this this whole offensive rookie of the year talk, I don't think that that's really necessary. I think it's been Jamar Chase the entire way. However, Mac Jones is serviceable, and that's all you need, I think, in the playoffs with this Patriots team that is great on defense and can run the ball. I just think with the Bengals, it's really volatile the way that they play and I don't I don't want to bet on that I don't want to bet on trying to figure out if Joe Burrow can get 400 500 yards and get a team to a win because that's what they're going to need to do because that's what they do best they don't run the ball particularly well Joe Mixon's been good uh, but he's great out of the backfield as well and that defense is questionable they've had some really questionable results and I just don't like them so I think the Patriots I, I just 
I would group them closer to Tennessee and Buffalo than I would Cincinnati. So it means that I'm, I think I'm getting a little bit more value on them than the others. Okay. The, the John likes the Patriots in that little coupling of teams there. We're about a minute to go here, John. What have you fired on, if anything, in week 18? Seattle. I want Seattle. I know like this whole, okay. I know, I know everything's been a mess in Seattle and look bad, but all, all I wanted to see was Russell Wilson play one good game and look fine for me to bet them against the Arizona Cardinals. These two teams, first of all, they have been in slugfest before we have seen them, you know, go back and forth. Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson in Arizona. I think we're going to see a similar game. I'm seeing about six and a half points for the Cardinals. And we're seeing that right now. I would take Seattle in that one. This game's going to be close. Arizona hasn't been playing their best brand of football. And even against Dallas, that second half was not anything that's going to inspire me to want to go to the window and bet Arizona. So I actually really like Seattle in this one. Atlanta four and a half. I'm trying to find a way to bet them because New Orleans should no way be a favorite on the road at four and a half. And also I do like the Raiders. I think the Raiders against the Chargers. Uh, I think we're giving the Chargers a little bit too much credit here for a season that's been kind of disappointing. I actually think the, the Raiders can go in there and uh, give the Chargers a good game. Three underdogs for John Jansen this week. I, you could have given me all 16 games, and I don't think I would have guessed Seattle at all. So that, that, that one caught me off guard there. But you can get John on the tweets at jjansen34. You can get John, his great show uh, that uh, some decent host might be on tonight. Just throwing that out there. Uh, on Fox Sports, The Gambler, The Line Change, the show, 8 o'clock Eastern, Monday through Friday. John, thanks as always, buddy. Appreciate it, Jeff. Talk to you tonight. When we uh, get back, more on Week 18 in the National Football League. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Check replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule so go to vston.com slash podcast and get the Beating the Book podcast with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, the Wide World of Wine Garden, and many more. They're all free and available now at vston.com slash podcast or whatever you get your podcasts. It is a numbers game here on vston. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander. Wes Reynolds is going to join us in about... 15 minutes time. We'll get Wes's thoughts on week 18, but we'll continue on with my thoughts and Stephen Bond's thoughts on the week 18 card. And uh, the news that's been breaking over the last 15 minutes, the Dallas Cowboys seem to be the latest team dealing with a potential COVID outbreak. Tyron Smith, their star left tackle went on the COVID list earlier this morning after Micah Parsons, the runaway winner in all likelihood for defensive rookie of the year and potential defensive player of the year was put on the list yesterday. Mike Garofolo of NFL Network reporting that multiple Cowboys were under the weather this morning. Testing is in, in progress. So we'll get more as we go along that line. Steven now down to uh, down to six now. Down to six. Down there. to six on Dallas. Down from seven. Of course, that opened Dallas three. Philadelphia had a little COVID outbreak of their own earlier in the week. Jumped up to seven. Now down to six on the Dallas Cowboys. Let's keep it in the NFC, though. The big matchup in the NFC West, the one that really is the most important game in the NFC side by a pretty wide margin this week. San Francisco goes to L.A. We're still waiting on who's going to play quarterback exactly for San Francisco. There is some hope holding out that Jimmy G can go with that 
thumb injury that he has. Uh, Trey Lance, first half pretty rough against Houston last Sunday. Played much better in the second half in a victory, uh, 23-7. The final of that one on Sunday in Santa Clara. The Niners go to the Rams, who, as we've talked about through this show, haven't looked like themselves. And it starts with Matthew Stafford, who has really played poorly despite the Rams winning the last two weeks on the road against Minnesota and Baltimore. This open six, we're down to four and a half. Totals 44 and a half. Kyle Shanahan has owned Sean McVay for whatever reason. The Niners have won their last five against the Rams. I'm looking to the total more than the than the side on this one. I'm looking to bet this game under. I anticipate that San Francisco's defense is going to be able to force Stafford into some turnovers like we have seen these last few weeks. And I know the Rams defense, some have been going after the Rams defense the last few weeks, even though they were able to play pretty well, force big turnover, uh, big turnover against Minnesota to really flip that game after a Stafford turnover. Uh, looked like Minnesota was going to go in. Instead, they get a pick at the goal line against Baltimore. It looked okay. They were able to hold Baltimore out of the end zone uh, on long drives, and that was the main reason the Rams were able to hold on. But I like the under. I like under 44.5. That would be the route I would play this. I can't really dive in on the side, though, Stephen, because I want to see who's playing quarterback for San Francisco. I don't know who's going to be there yet. If it's Lance, I have a hard time taking even though it is four and a half, if it's Garoppolo, even compromised, I'd be more inclined to take with San Francisco this week. You know, I think you're right. And it's, if you're the Rams, you're not finding the right mix. There's not a good flow there right now. If you're San Francisco, you need this game. You need to have some sort of momentum. You need to have some sort of answer at quarterback. Who do you trust more at this point? Is it, is it Garoppolo or is it Trey Lance? Because Garoppolo's hurt. He's not playing like himself. I, I don't know. Who's their backup backup at this point? I think that's the question. <laughs> now, look, Lance is going to have to play if Garoppolo can't uh, can't go there. You don't want Nate Sudfeld playing a, 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 a <laughs> Let's big bring game. in Sudfeld. Let's e- see what e- he's got. E- even though the Eagles are still evaluating Nate Sudfeld going forward. But, but look, uh, the, uh, the 49ers missing the playoffs for the Saints, though, it would really ding what the NFC playoff picture looks like because we've talked about it through the show. The Niners are capable of winning – a playoff game or two with that defense and that run game going on the road, you could see them beating a, a a Dallas. You could see them going to Arizona and beating the Cardinals, even though the Cardinals swept them this year. Heck, you could even see them going to Green Bay and playing the Packers stuff. They have really played the Packers great over the last few years. I know Green Bay survived the Sunday night game earlier in the year there, but the, the Niners played them well. So that would not be a matchup I would love to see if I were Green Bay, but Look, if chalk prevails here and the Rams win and the Saints win at Atlanta in a game we'll get to in a second, the Niners are out. And the chances of upsets in that first round of the NFC playoffs, I think goes down tenfold because I don't see New Orleans going to L.A. and beating the Rams. And I don't see the Eagles. It's probably going to be the matchup regardless of the seeding. I don't see the Eagles going to Tampa beating the Bucs. Even with all the injuries that Tampa has to contend with, that is just not happening the way the Eagles play offense, the Bucks defense matches up very well with the Eagles. Of course, we saw that matchup earlier in the year. The backdoor, backdoors for Philadelphia in that game with Sirianni going for two down eight late now when to get the backdoor cover. Just people screaming left and right. <laughs> well, people are going to be screaming left and right regardless, but especially after that one. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I like the under in the Niner 
Ram game. That would be the way I'd play it. I'm, I'm not comfortable betting either side without knowing exactly who's going to go for San Francisco. New Orleans and Atlanta, the other big game in the playoff picture in the NFC. Atlanta won in New Orleans earlier in the year. That was a Trevor Simeon-started game for the Saints. That was one where Atlanta nearly went full Falcon in that one. Up double digits in the fourth quarter, below the lead. Young Way Koo with a field goal at the horn to allow Atlanta to survive that one. Steven, the Falcons somehow were just eliminated from postseason contention last week, despite being a team that is really mediocre to bad this whole year, 7-9. and nine. They have beat New Orleans already, as we said. Total's gone down two points. Not much of a shock. I think I'm with Will Hill, who likes the Falcons in this spot. I'm not laying four and a half on the road with New Orleans. I can't do it. And even with the way Atlanta has played and how at times Atlanta's looked like, there are multiple games this year where Atlanta has looked like they didn't even practice during the week. That's how bad they looked. But a division rival, a team they've already defeated this year, a team they usually play pretty well and you know they're going to give a big effort regardless of how mediocre or bad they, they are, I would only take the four and a half with Atlanta here. This is the only way I would go. And it would not shock me. And honestly, for the competitive balance of the NFC playoffs, I would prefer to see Atlanta win this game outright. I think it's interesting. You look at the head coaching matchup. Obviously, it goes to Sean Payton. Yes. But then you go to the quarterbacks. And that's where it gets intriguing to me. Because Matt Ryan still has something. I mean, he's still feisty. He was, he was fired up that... Uh, after scoring a, a one-yard rushing touchdown against my Bills, and, and it ended up costing him. But <laughs> I, I think Matt Ryan still has something there. If you're a Falcons fan, you've got to be at least happy with where this team is. And I think you're right. I, I think you take the points here knowing that they still have a little something to play for in spoiling a divisional opponent, opponent here. It's just it, Atlanta has been this team this whole year where in, in football outsiders, DVOA, they're 32. They are the. They were going into last week the worst-rated seven and eight team since they started doing the rankings in the early two thousands and two thousand two. So it just, it just is tough to bet on Atlanta. You know you're in for sixty minutes of agony whenever you have the Falcons on your card. But uh, look, New Orleans laying four and a half on the road is just a really difficult thing to do as well. I would, I would bet the Falcons. That's the only bet that I would would make here. By the way, another. Uh, more news on another COVID positive for Dallas, Anthony Brown, their corner, also going to be out of the game on Saturday. He tested positive for COVID earlier this morning. So they, they're going to be some positive te tests on Dallas trickling in as the morning goes along. I'll be curious to see how far that line on Philly and Dallas, of course, one of the two Saturday games crashes. That, that is a game that both sides now dealing with COVID issues, Philadelphia's issues coming earlier in the week. So most of those players, if they are symptom-free, will be able to actually play on Saturday if Nick Sirianni and company want them to play. Steven, I, I want to bring up one last game since it's both of our teams real quick. The Bills and the Jets. The Jets have actually taken money in this game. The Jets opened 17-point favorites. Now you're seeing 16, 16 and a half. On the Buffalo Bills as the favorite here, total 41 and a half. Steven, I'm guessing lines on Monday. I actually thought the Jets at 17 was a pretty reasonable play. Thought it was too many points. With that said, we know how the Bills have owned horrible teams this year other than Jacksonville. Yeah, other than Jacksonville, and I, I, I might add the Falcons in that as well. It, this yeah. one makes me nervous, right? Like this game, 17's a lot of points. 
But the Bills still have something to play for. They have yes. that third seed, right? And I, I do think, as much as I don't want to see Belichick again, I kind of think that team wants to see the Patriots again. There's a sour taste there. So I think with that information, you kind of like the Bills here and you'll lay the points. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna. It's a little tougher at 16, 16 and a half. I, I think I'm gonna take and probably within, oh, I don't know, seven minutes of game time when it's 14 nothing Buffalo. I'm not gonna like my bet that much. So, uh, but uh, th- that's uh, again, from the Jet perspective, Zach Wilson moving forward is really the only thing that you need to get out of this one on Sunday at Buffalo. Wes Reynolds is gonna join us next. What is he like on the Week 18 card? We'll find out on a numbers game here on VCN the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. GM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet. Plus, you'll earn M Life rewards that can be redeemed for rooms and, and, and dining at any MGM resort. BetMGM is a proud is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use the bonus code VSIN200, that's V-S-I-N-200, to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Rewards are issued as a non-withdrawable free bet or site credit. Free bets expire within seven days of issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada or Mississippi. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you. And now you hear him across the network. You're actually going to hear him on primetime action tomorrow night. Him and Matt Brown will be taking you home from 7 to 10 Eastern time tomorrow night. You hear him on the weekends as well on betting across America and the green zone. It is Wes Reynolds. He also happens to be uh, my partner in the Circa Millions contest as well. And Wes, Good to have you on as always, buddy. And let's dive right into this week 18 card. And we'll start with your, the team from your neck of the woods, the Indianapolis Colts, 16 point favorites against Jacksonville. We know the past history has been bad, at least in recent times against Jacksonville for Indy, but how would you look to play this if at all for this week 18 game? 
Yeah, Jeff, thanks for having me, and good mm -hmm. morning. Uh, and you mentioned it, the Colts have not won here since 2014 when uh, Andrew Luck was the quarterback, and uh, Trent Richardson, 14 carries for 57 yards, and that was one of the highlights of the Trent Richardson era in Indianapolis. Uh, much better in the backfield now with Jonathan Taylor. But, yeah, this is an absolutely massive number for Indianapolis for a team that has not won in Duval since 2014. It would probably be for me Jacksonville or nothing, but I, you know, that's a big leap of faith for me. I think to uh, to take Jacksonville at this standpoint because there are certain teams that are out of playoff contention that are giving you honest efforts every single week, and they're going to do so probably in week 18. And then there are certain teams where it's like, okay, we're ready to clean out the locker and we're ready to end the season. And I think Jacksonville might be a candidate. Uh, for the latter in that situation. And uh, look, uh, Jacksonville's on an 0-7 straight up at ATS run. They're losing their games by an average of about 19 points and change. The offense has only been averaging a little over 11 points. Trevor Lawrence, two touchdown passes in the last nine weeks. So, yeah, I don't even know if I, you know, I don't mind taking a really stinky underdog, but I don't even know if I can get there at Jacksonville. Well, uh, Wes, uh, we'll go back to Saturday night uh, real quick. Uh, the Chiefs and the Broncos. Chiefs are 10, 10 and a half point favorites at some spots right now against Denver. Uh, Chiefs need to win to at least keep pace and have a outside shot at the number one seed in the AFC. Denver season, they're playing out the string here. Would this be a scenario where you'd look to uh, to take in the, uh, take in the, the stinky underdog, as you would say here, or look into the favorite? Actually, I do kind of lean to Denver here, and recent history would tell you that that's probably not a good idea because Kansas City has won 12 in a row, 10 and 2 against the number. Mahomes has never lost to these guys, and you mentioned Denver eliminated last week, and the Chiefs still could get home field if somehow Tennessee loses at Houston on Sunday afternoon, but... This is one of those that I think has been a big adjustment. I know I'm going to sound like a broken record for our viewers and listeners on Beeson, but all of the playoff scenario stuff is baked into the cake. You're not going to get an edge on the number. I mean, it, they are what they are, because if you look at the look-ahead line, this was, what, three, some three-and-a-half out there on Kansas City, and then Denver gets eliminated with that Chargers win. Kansas City now loses to Cincinnati, <clears throat> and they need to go ahead and get this win just to stay alive for home field in the AFC. And now it's up to 10. I think that's a little bit of a big leap against a Denver defense that's actually pretty good. And you look at the total, and most of the totals this week are kind of in the mid-40 range, uh, this without exception to that rule. So I do like Denver here, and I know Vic Fangio is going to be out as head coach because we know the Denver Broncos are going to be sold sometime this spring by the Bolin Trust to uh, any variety of ownership groups that are making bids for this team. So you know that at minimum a coaching change is going to be made. And I know Drew Locke, they hadn't scored a lot of points, just 13 points a game over the last two starts, but... I still think that this is a little bit high and you're already paying a tax if you're laying Kansas City. So you can take advantage of that tax and go ahead and take the Denver Broncos. Ten, there's even some ten and a half out there. Wes Reynolds with us right now. Of course, uh, see him across the network. He'll be on primetime action tomorrow night and, of course, over the weekend, betting across America and the Green Zone. Him and Dave Ross do a great job every weekend. Uh, Wes, uh, 
looking at Tennessee and Houston is where I want to go next because uh, Will Hill was on with us earlier and like the Texans in this one getting to 10. Of course, Tennessee, they win. They're the number one seed in the AFC. Yeah, and I'm with Will on this one. I do like the Texans 10, 10 and a half, wherever you can get it anywhere north of 10, I think is a really good play. And look, uh, Tennessee, all of a sudden, they find themselves in the in the catbird seat to get the number one seed. But if you look, they haven't really been playing that great a ball. I think that they've gotten some formidable schedule or some uh, fortunate, rather, scheduling spots like they did last week uh, with Miami, who really hadn't beaten anybody and was kind of rolling along. It was a little bit of a mirage. Uh, if you look at this uh, for Houston from this standpoint, Underdogs of 10 or more in December, 32 and 18 against the number since 2003. So there's something there, at least for Houston. They're a team that I still think is playing hard. I know they didn't cover at San Francisco last week, but if you watch that game, they were kind of hanging on within the number. I mean, Trey Lance was not playing great for the 49ers, but they get a 40-yard pass interference penalty late in the third quarter that kind of turns the tide of that game, and then Houston just wasn't able to get there. And, I, I yeah, I know Tennessee has the revenge as well because remember several weeks ago, they lost at home. Now, they outplayed Houston. I think Houston had about 190 yards and change of offense and Tennessee had over 400 but it was five turnovers that did Tennessee in, and they were minus five in the turnover margin I still think that this is a big number and this is a Tennessee team that obviously I've been a little bit lower on than the market and if you look when you look at some of the advanced metrics of like the DVOA and whatnot Tennessee if they go ahead and get this done and get that number one seed in the AFC is going to be what is known as the worst number one seed, according to DVOA. And I think that football outsiders did that data retroactively all the way back to 1985, even though they started in the early 2000s. But yeah, I think this is a big number. And I think Houston, Houston is one of those bad teams that I think They've given you an effort pretty much week in and week out, very similar to like the Lions in that regard. Still salty that Houston wasn't able to cover that game against San Francisco. Yeah, you uh, and I both. Yeah, yeah, still salty. Even even getting 15 at the best of the number, it still wasn't enough in the end on that one. Uh, Wes, uh, I want to ask you about one more. I want to ask you about the Sunday night game, the Chargers and the Raiders. Chargers laying three right now. We saw two and a half get gobbled up by the betters. Uh, the total is 49 and a half. Would you look to bet a total here uh, one way or another based off the results that we see earlier in the day? Yeah, I, I think I would lean a little bit with the over, and you're starting to see 49.5, 50 out there in the market. If you look at the Raiders, they've actually been outscored on the season, 4.3 points a game. And I got to give credit to Rich Bisaccia because this team could have folded up the tent several times over the season, not only when Gruden got let go, but obviously the uh, the tragic incident involving Henry Ruggs and just everything that this team has gone through here. But if you look at the Raiders getting into this position, they've been fairly fortunate. They got a shorthanded Cleveland team starting Nick Mullins, their third string quarterback. They beat a Denver team without Teddy Bridgewater. And then they played Indianapolis last week with Carson Wentz, who didn't practice 
practice all week due to having COVID. So, you know, the Raiders have gotten some breaks and, and you kind of need some breaks because they've had some bad fortune from early in the season. But yeah, I, I think that this is more than likely going to be a high-scoring game. I think the Raiders secondary, we've seen that they could give up big chunks, and they have done so all year. The Chargers do the same thing. So this is actually, I believe, the highest total on the board. I'm giving it a glance here. Yes, it is. Where all the totals are kind of 44-45, and this is 49.5. I actually do lean to the over here for Sunday night. He's Wes Reynolds. You can find them across the network, uh, betting across America on Saturday, the Green Zone on Sunday, tomorrow night, primetime action, and, of course, Short Shots, which made its return this week, uh, a Short Shots version of Long Shots, of course, our great golf show with the Tournament of Champions starting later today in Hawaii. Wes, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for being with me this morning. You bet, man. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Of course, uh, that's all the time we have on uh, a numbers game, the Lombardi line. Patrick Maher, Michael Lombardi, coming your way next here on Visa. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.